I don't know what you're doing, dude, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just doing this with a, a random collection of hair bands that I've wadded into a big knot and cut into pieces with this pocket knife. Bro, you need a couple neck tattoos, and you'd look exactly like Dead Mouse. Like, I was going to take a picture and then, like, side-by-side uh, side it and, like, snap it to you, but, like, <laughs> Hello and welcome to Road Rash Radio. I'm your host, Ninjax D, and this is... Pimp Nasty, Throttle Therapy 7. What's up, guys? This is Throttle Therapy 7, a.k.a. Brooke Carlson, a.k.a. the guy with extra room on the back of his crotch rocket for your lady. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to kind of keep it a little short. Uh, we got a hot topic, and we're probably going to get some hate for this, but we're also going to get some, I don't know if we're going to get some followers because, you know, they're probably already kind of on that side. It is V-Twins versus Inlines. You want to take it away? You want to start it? Yeah, I, I think we're just going over, like, there's there's cruisers, and that's what everybody thinks of when they think of V-Twins, but there's also sport bikes that actually have V-Twin engines, like the, uh, the Honda RVT 1000R and then the Aprilia RSV4. And so there's, there's a few different types of bikes, actually, that have V-Twins, and I think a lot of people don't know that. And we're just going over general stuff like, you know, the way the power delivery is different on the two of them, the way the top end is different on the two of them. The V-Twins have more low-end torque than the four-cylinder inlines. But I think we'll go into the ins and outs of it, but I think the conclusion that you and I pretty much have come to, and I've ridden cruisers and rockets like you have. Well, is let's, not, let's not give the conclusion yet. Let's let's cut it right there. Okay, okay drag it on. All right. Pretty much the the main topic in between both of them is torque. Would yeah. you agree? Okay. So the thing is with V twins is it's more as soon as you pull the clutch, you got that torque right there. Bottom end torque is, I mean, pretty much all the way through. But the thing is with the inline, you get the same amount of torque, but it seems to be up around ten thousand RPMs. But yeah. based on the design. Based on the design, the inline has more horsepower than the V-twin, but you have to, like I said, you have to go past 10,000 RPMs. Right, which, correct. Which I think is why the, the V-twin is better for beginner bikes um, or, you know, people that are just, I mean, I don't want to say it, but like older people with their reflexes are slower or people that just want to sit that on the just highway. Feel, anyone that just doesn't feel like winding their engine up and going super fast and, and hitting the power band on their bike constantly to go fast yeah. all the time. Yeah, you have the same torque, but for the inline, by the time you get to that torque, I mean, you're easily probably going 65, 70, 80 miles an hour. Yeah, and that's if you're winding up first gear to get to it. Yeah. And I, I think I think with with uh, the V twins the power delivery is smoother because like you said it's it's got this steady power delivery throughout the entire band of the or throughout the entire range of the gear yeah. instead of having to run it up to get the the torque you're looking for and I think also one obvious thing in there is there's there's a, a good place for that on cruisers. Because you're not trying to have to wail on your 
Harley to get it to go faster or have that smooth pickup. You're not looking to you're not looking to do that because the cruisers are are designed for a different purpose. They're designed mostly for you know highway use, reliability, and now they're not even chain driven. They're crankshaft driven, and yeah, that's kind of like how my dad's is and like you know Turtles is. Um, but on the on the smoothness, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think that the smoothness is going to go with the inline. Um, I mean, of well, course, based on well, based of the, the based on mean, uh, based on a driver that knows what they're doing. You know, smooth, smooth uh, gear changing. You know how to use the clutch. You know, that's professional at that uh, because of the buzz. That's what I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah, yeah and I mean that's because, that's because um, on the V twin, there are two cylinders that are an offset, making the V shape, which is where the name comes from. Right. And that that makes them vibrate more, right? Right, right. Where the inline where, are in a four in a straight line, and they're smaller, but it, it's just kind of how the way the engine's made. It has a lot less buzz, which is especially why. Who was it? Well, I know it's Ducati. They have some V-twins. And, uh... Aprilia, Aprilia has some as well. Aprilia. And the Aprilia. thing is... Or Aprilia, yeah. And the thing, especially... Well, I, saw, I was reading, mostly the Italians are really trying to cut, cut the buzz off of it, cut the rattle off of it. And now, I don't want people to think that the rattle and the exhaust is the same thing. Now, it's two different things. The rattle can be felt like throughout the whole bike but i mean the exhaust you can make it as loud as you want it doesn't matter it doesn't have anything to do with the buzz yeah that's not where the vibration's coming from that's just the how the v sounds different than the inline exactly exactly and personally i think it's different if you're like a harley guy and that's more your style but personally i like the sound even when it comes to that of a four-cylinder inline better because it's cleaner it sounds more crisp yeah, and I, I mean, I feel the same way, but I understand why people want to be loud. Because sure. it's, it's kind of the same with a car. I think with a car, you kind of want to stand out. But on a bike, if you're on the highway 90% of the time, you'll want to be loud so that other people can hear you. Because you know as well as I do, and I'm sure the listeners, if they're uh, bike riders too, they all know that people do not look out for motorcycle guys. I don't care how many signs they put out where it says, please look. You know, please yep. watch out for me and everything. Yeah, they People do about just as do much not. as they don't <laughs> And that's, that's really a, a big reason why people have loud exhausts is so that you know that they're coming and that you know that they're there. And I can't really yeah. hate people for doing that, but it Definitely. is really annoying getting stuck behind somebody on a V-twin that has their mufflers completely cut off and you're stuck behind them. And, I mean, ugh. It's, I mean, it's well, bad. I agree with your point, though. More power to him, because I, I get that. Like, that's just, you know, different, a little bit different style for everybody. And right. it actually, it actually does have a legitimate purpose there on top of sounding badass. Like, I get that. And before we go any further, I want to just kind of, you know, acknowledge that we are sport bike guys, and we both like inlines better. So it's going to be more geared it's towards biased. inlines. Yeah, yeah for but, sure. But I understand that people, no matter what, people always go 
for what they like. You know, it's it. No matter what kind of statistics we give, it's still your personal preference. And I can't hate and on somebody. I think both of us agree too with that. We're into anybody that is hardcore about riding motorcycles. Oh, absolutely. As long as you don't drive one of them slingshot pieces of shit, you know what I'm so- talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're you're a bona fide loser if you. Yeah, drive give a me one of them hand waves, all right? While I'm on my bike, give me one of them hand waves. See what happens. And you're gonna get denied real quick. Yeah, bro, you got seat belts on that thing. Stand down. I would know? actually go so far as to say this is probably the only time on this podcast where we'll legitimately say if you ride a slingshot, don't listen to our podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta agree with you on that. Yeah, I'll go as far as to say that for sure. So just kind of, you know, letting everybody know that it is, we are more favoring towards inline, but if V-twins are your thing, I mean, more power to you, as long as you're still out in the road doing your thing. Um, yeah. You know, but. You were a little bit, re- here's something interesting that's uh, just popped into my head. I think yeah. a lot of people don't think about this, but they actually make cruisers with inlines just like uh, a cross rocket engine, and I actually rode one of those pretty recently. It was one of the Kawasaki-made cruisers, the a Vulcan, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a 500 inline with a, almost the same engine as that Ninja 500, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting because that thing is it's actually got a lot of power for a two-cylinder inline. Yeah, and it uh, it was really fun to ride a cruiser setup with that kind of power it was a lot different feeling and it actually was really cool i liked it a lot well that's one of the sport cruisers and it was light man for how fast that thing could go it was crazy light i got it well over 100 and i mean you anybody that's ridden a cruiser over 100 you're and this is a small (laughs) cruiser i mean this is a small cruiser your feet are about to blow up to your ears just from the the drag on the bottom of your feet where your feet are up high unlike a sport bike but uh that's a really interesting engine i think a lot of people aren't even aware that there's cruisers with inlines out there you know what i would really like to try a cafe racer i have never tried a cafe racer and they look like i see them whenever well i see them in like whenever you got bike accessories and stuff and it shows them like on cafe racers and I think those things, I don't know anything about them. And I think they just look neat. I think they look cool as hell, man. And I think tying in with what you were saying earlier on when we were talking, you were saying that if you were running a Harley, which if we had all the money in the world, we'd own a, a cruiser and a sport bike. Absolutely. You would run one without ape hangers, stripped down and rough. And I love the look of those short, squared-off handlebars. Oh, yeah. I think that look on the Cafe Racers is so sweet looking. The thing is, the Cafe Racer is like a sport touring bike, but you lay down on it like a sport bike. Yeah. You know? It's got a lot of cool history with it, too. Like, I feel like it was the very... To listen to my dad talk about it, he was... uh, It's like a European descent, though. It's like where all of the European bikes came from. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like a lot of people think of uh, bobbers as having to have ape hangers, but my dad was saying back in the 70s when he was running bikes, he was like, bobbers came from Brits, and he said they would be making them look kind of like a rougher cafe racer, and they would be cutting the uh, rear fenders off square, and they'd be chopping the bars and lowering them to have these real low square bars. Yeah. And they, they weren't what we think of now as bobbers, which is. The big ape hangers and right. the shorter wheelbase. It wasn't like that back then. I think the uh, he'd be interesting to have on the podcast. He was he you was know, running all those bikes back when they were actually coming out originally. 
I remember I, whenever I first got my 636, I took it down there, and it had the uh, the uh, Brembo brakes and everything. And, I mean, he told me more about it than, you know, me doing research before I bought it. He kind of, you know, he was talking about whenever they first started racing them and uh, what, what kind of mechanics that they had and what they were using and, you know. And definitely how, well, definitely I mean, like an OG for that stuff. Well, something that really stood uh that really stood out that he was talking about was the brakes he said you know normally they just had standard kawasaki brakes and now they're coming back from from the, from the factory with disc. brembo he said they had single disc too on the track single, he said yeah. back then <laughs> yeah so now they have i had two on the front and i think is it one or two on the back? I don't remember. You've got one on the back, but now the on a track bike we saw, me and him saw recently, it had a tiny little secondary really? rear disc on the rear. It actually had two on the rear, which was insane. That's so crazy to even think about. See, that's pretty neat. And, you know, he was talking about how, I mean, like we were talking about in uh, episode two, Kawasaki is standing out from the pack. They're doing... They're taking what everybody else has and they're really beefing it up and giving it more horsepower without, yes. you know, adding to, <clears throat> adding to it and adding more weight and everything. And I think that had a lot to do with it. They upgraded the brakes. They upgraded the fuel system. I mean, everybody upgraded to fuel injection. I mean, that's just something that everybody yeah. did. But, I mean, they're kind of the, uh, the poster child for, I mean, and the money, you know, the money shows because you pay for it. You know, that, you that's, that's the thing. You, you, you definitely pay for it. But... It's about as good as you can get without going uh, Italian or uh, European. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's cool, too, because uh, for for somebody that appreciates these bikes much, this much, I, I do not own a Kawasaki. So for the record, anybody listening. Well, you did, though. I did. I owned one originally. That was our. That was the bike you and I both started on a Kawasaki. Right. But I'm not, I'm not completely biased because – I don't currently own a Kawasaki and I've owned a lot of other brands that I really enjoyed. And I still, even if sitting in that position, really appreciate what they're doing. I really like where they're going. Right. Yeah. I think, the, uh, I think that as time goes on, I think there'll be a resurgence in the track performance in the Italian stuff like Ducati and, the European stuff like Triumph, but I think for now it's Kawasaki's game. I feel like with the recent stuff they put out, like the H2Rs and stuff like that, I think for right now they're they're killing it. Well, the thing is with uh, Ducati and everything else, I mean, those cost about two or three times as much as the Kawasaki, so they're always going to either – you're either buying the name and Kawasaki can destroy it because you're buying the base model. It's like buying the Porsche 911. I mean, not Porsche. It's like buying the Porsche uh, Carrera because yeah. you can't afford the GT 911. Exactly. And like, and you're like, oh, well, this, you know, Camaro SS, you know, I can still beat it just because I'm in a Porsche. Well, it doesn't really, no, not really. It doesn't work. Like you're, you, yeah, you, yeah, you paid for having the cheap version of that brand. But and we talked about this too. And as much as I like those bikes, man, I do not want to own. I actually had. I was talking to my girl about this the other day because she brought it up, and I was like, I was doing the typical old, you know. I was like, man, one day I'm gonna own this bike, and it's gonna blah blah blah. And she was like, babe, she was like, you don't want to own that bike. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you ride year round. 
in all kinds <laughs> of like crappy weather. And she's like, you ride that thing daily. She's like, you do not want to have to sit there and baby that. You would absolutely drive yourself nuts if you had to baby a bike like that. Well, and I was a, like, damn. A bike I, I would really like to have. <laughs> I would really like to own a uh, some type of a BMW. Yeah. Not like a cruiser, yeah. but like one of the sport BMWs. I don't really know anything about them. Bro, but, did I tell you I got to ride the BMW S1000R, the oh, really? their 1000cc sport bike? It's amazing, man. It's it really, really cool. But does it come yeah. in green? I don't know that it does. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Not interested. Hey, you know <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the raw segment. Uh, what kind of story you got for us? It actually has to do with that S1000 we were talking about and the right. way that I got to ride it. Yeah. Um, we, me and a few buddies from the West Virginia Sport Bikes page, were on a group ride out in the middle of Wyoming County, and our boy on a S1000 went down on some twisties. Oh, no. And me and my buddy Scott were in the front and we get to the end of the run and these guys are taking forever. So finally we turn around and run back up the mountain to see what's up, come around a turn about halfway up and our boys S 1000 is in the grass on its side with the rear wheel just spinning. <laughs> and it turns out that he went down in front and, uh, my other buddy that was also on a Jixer 750 went down into the back of him. Well, <laughs> I hate to throw him under the bus, but he he's a great dude. And the thing went down, yeah. and he left it on its side running to go check on the homeboy on the Jixer. Yeah. Well, oil is pouring out of this thing. Oh, it's no. It's coming out of the air box yeah. and completely flooding everything. <laughs> so we come back down there, and I lift the thing up, flip, hit the kill switch on it as fast as I can, get it straight, and, dude – Everyone for the next 40 minutes is debating on what the issue is. And finally, I'm like, man, me and Scott are like, I'm like, listen, guys, it's got to be, it's got to just be sensors on this thing. Sure. It, it's got to because it's not even turning over and there's nothing wrong with the bike. Like, it, so it's you got, think something's got scraped and grounded out? So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like looking at everything and I'm like, I don't even think there's anything messed up. I think there is a sensor on this thing that is like telling it that it's flooded and it won't turn it over or it's telling it that there's oil in the airbox or yeah. something. An hour and a half to get into the airbox on this bike and we had all the right tools. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you would not believe what it took. And then I shit you not, man. We get to the end of it, and it is oil all through the airbox. That's what it is. The filter is soggy with oil. We clean it up as best we can. Meanwhile, the entire two-hour period that we are, are out here on the side of the road, there's like a four-car, a total of four cars that passes us. There is nobody out here. We're in the middle of like nowhere oh that sucks so we have to fix the thing man like the yeah. tow bill is gonna be ridiculous <laughs> so we get it put back together and then we wind up trying to do this reset and the way you have to do it is you gotta like do a freaking rain dance to get this thing working man you have to disconnect a terminal on the battery and it has to be a certain one you have to leave it off for 35 minutes 
And then after you put it back on, you have to fully open the throttle and close it three times with like a two-second lapse in between every open and close. <laughs> I mean, dude, you want to talk about holding your face the right way to get the stupid <laughs> thing running, man. Yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous. So finally, Scott and I are like, screw it, man. Like, we're just going to sit there and, and pop start this thing down the damn mountain. Because even if it's a leader bike, we can get it going if we just sit there and cruise halfway down the mountain. You know, you can hit 60 miles an hour without the engine turned on easy. Sure, yeah. So I go push Scott, and he goes flying down the mountain, and halfway down it, he's hauling ass and just dumps the clutch on this thing in, like, third gear and blows a freaking 20-foot cloud of blue smoke out the back end of it and starts it. But at the end of it, we got the thing running, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with it other than it was flooded, and the sensors on the bike kept kicking it off. It wouldn't even let the engine turn over. And so we lost over an hour out on the road just because of this light, light laydown in grass that wasn't even bad, all because of the sensors on this BMW. And then on top of that, just getting into the airbox was a bitch and a half, man. It was absolute misery, and we had the right tools. So, you know, the, as, after that, Scott and I both demanded for uh, payment of our services that we got to ride the thing over the mountain. Sure. And that's how I got to ride on it. Incredible bike, super fast, handles absolutely amazing. Super fun to ride. I don't know if I would own one. After dealing with those shenanigans, man, I absolutely would not – I would pay anything to avoid getting stuck out there on that BMW, and I would take anything else over it, man. Okay, the Honda, well, okay. the Jixxer, none of that would have been as much trouble just to yeah. get into the stinking airbox. So there's well, the, there's sort of the brief rundown of how I managed to get on that bike. And it was taking nothing away from it. it. It is an incredible machine. It handles amazing. But Well, the thing is, I, I would like to make another episode about this just in general is – the new technology that's on the bikes, the all the sensors and everything, and I mean you can like you said, you could have it running fine and then a sensor's kicking it off because it thinks something's wrong and it's not. You know? Yep. And another thing is the what is that? It's the if ABS. You, ABS. You you turn it, you lean it too far and it'll bring you back up. And oh, in that, that's insane. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've I heard mean, I don't yeah. understand. That should be a safety hazard. I don't know how it works. I'm sure maybe they got something figured out, but I don't want that on my bike. If I'm leaning it down it's that so, far, it's for a reason because I need it to be leaned down that far. You know? Exactly. Exactly. I and I'm sure there's like a, a bunch new... of people out here that are going to say that it does more good than harm. But I know that you and I have both had uh, wrecks where purposefully – wanted to kick the bike sideways and Absolutely. so that we have our rubber sliding first to hit what we were about to hit. Well, for people that don't ride bikes and they're just listening to this, you know, to kind of get in a concept or they don't have anything better to do, you lean your bike down to steer it. So it would be the equivalent of your car correct, correcting the steering whenever you're turning the steering wheel too far and it'll pull you back. You don't want yeah. that. That it's a serious safety hazard. And like I said, yeah. I mean these people are super intelligent and have millions of dollars behind their research. So I'm sure it's not as dumb as that. Hopefully, because yeah. if it is, the first thing I'm ever going to do if I get a new ur bike is I'm going to get that taken off. Yeah, because that kind of scares me. That's kind of I don't know. That kind of worries me about it. 
I, I think it's definitely uh, meant to be something that present, prevents accidents, obviously. But I think that for people that know there's a way in those last few seconds when you know you're going down that you can avoid damage to a degree by how you go down, once, you're, once you have had that experience a few times, that makes me feel definitely like I would not want that. And I, mean, I want to be able to purposefully lock my brake up and do what I want with it. Exactly. And I think if it's like a, a new rider, that's a different story. If you're a new rider and you're out on the road or something, out on the highway, you know, going the speed I, limit, obeying the laws, and then it's going down too far and you get nervous or you kind of panic and it pulls you back up, yeah, but there should be a way to turn it off in the CPU. I absolutely agree. That's a good point. Absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, it should be able I, to be I turned am off. I a big, big believer in give me the option. Like traction control. Yes, How you can exactly. turn it off on your car, you should be able to turn it off. I don't know. You may be able to. I don't like. I'm not sitting here criticizing it because I literally do not know anything about it. But yeah. that's and just, before everyone back there freaks out, you know, we're not totally like you say. We're not totally armchair quarterback in this. We are just explaining the perspectives of some people that have wrecked. And at first blush, to everyone else, I bet that it seems like, well, why would you ever not want that? Right. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it's from the it's from the viewpoint of people that don't haven't done any research into it, just kind of from hearsay. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how some of that. I I didn't get to ride the S1000 enough to really notice features like that, and I really would hope that I didn't get to notice any features like that. <laughs> I mean, but, that would that would literally. Uh, Kind of put the put the fear of God, so to speak, in me if I'm oh, leaning it down to, to take a sharp turn and it pulls me back up and I'm looking at a guardrail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I think that and definitely those bikes are legendary for like their the ta the launch control thing in the S1000 and some stuff like that is yeah. really cool um, using technology. Yeah. But there there definitely can be downsides sometimes. We'll see whether they can let you take it on and off or not. That to me is what would make or break it. Right. So I think uh, I think that's a good topic for another episode, but we're going to go ahead and end it right here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about how, you know, this is going to be on SoundCloud. If you guys want to review it, if you guys want to listen to it, like it. Um, I don't know. Is it subscribe on there? You, you subscribe on there, right? Follow. Yeah, follow. you follow. So, and one more thing, guys. Give us some feedback. Tell us if you like V-Twins or Inlines, and tell Absolutely. us what you think of ABS or not. And this is going to be on YouTube, too. Uh, I kind of put a little more editing work into the uh, the YouTube version, a little more, you know, video. And like I said, I mean, if you comment on it, if you got any questions or if you want to tell us something, if you think we're completely wrong about it, talk to us because we will definitely be back and answer your questions or maybe maybe even argue with you a little bit if we feel strong against it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And we're just other riders. Like, we want to get feedback. Right. And, you know, iTunes, too, I'm still working with that. I don't know. This is episode three, and I still haven't got a – oh, my I – don't, I don't really understand it. We're, we're still working on uh, the whole iTunes thing. So, you know, review on that whenever it comes out. Uh, everything it, else. Keep it underground, guys. This is, this is real and authentic, and it's, from, it's live from the gutter. So even if you can't get it on iTunes, it's still worth it. And I think <laughs> – yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and throw this in here real quick. If you see us out, you know, whenever we're out together in the spring and everything with actual other groups or, you know, out tearing it up on the weekends, you know, just 
you know, me and you or whatever, if you ever see us out there, I mean, you're going to know what our bikes look like. I'm, I'm going to be posting different stuff, you know, your Instagram, my Twitter, blah, 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 whatever, you know, YouTube especially, uh, other videos that I've got on there. You know, if you want to come up and talk to us, uh, we're not going to chew your head off. I mean, we love feedback if it's For over sure. the internet or in person. Absolutely. Sure. We're trying to promote the riding community. We want, we love other riders and we, we would love to interact with you guys for sure. Absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and end it right here. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we before we cut out? Nada. It's Ninja XD and Throttle Therapy 7 signing out. See ya. All right, I'm going to tell it a little quicker than the third time. Okay. <laughs> the third time. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I know. It's good. It's good. All right. It's hard to be successful. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. <laughs>